We are in Perek Yudbet, Pasuk Chaf. The Pasuk says an interesting halacha. Ki yarhiv Adonai Elohecha et Gevulecha. The Pasuk says, when Hashem will widen your borders, meaning you will go into Eretz Israel. Ka'asher dibelach, as Hashem has promised. Be'amarta, and let's say one morning you wake up and say, and you say, Ochela basar, let me eat some meat. I want meat. Why do you want meat? Because you have a desire to eat meat. You got in the mood for a barbecue. So what do you do? He says, with all the desire of your heart, eat meat. So again, let's review one more time. In the desert, when they had the Mishkan close by, whenever someone wanted to eat meat, they were required to bring a korban. Can't just have a barbecue. In the desert, if you want to eat meat, you have to bring a sacrifice. From the sacrifice, you could take part of the meat and eat it. Korban shelamin, and you eat it. So now the Pasuk says, when you go to Eretz Israel, now it's going to be very far distance from the Mishkan or the Bet HaMikdash. At this point, you want to eat meat. You can eat meat with all your desires, no problem. You don't have to bring a Korban. Like the Pasuk says, next Pasuk, Ki The place that you bring korbanot will be far from you. He says, Vezabahta, but still, before you eat meat, Vezabahta, make sure you slaughter. I mean, I'm not expecting you to bring a korban on the Mizbeah, but you have to slaughter. Mibekarecha umitsonecha, Asher Natan Adonai lecha kaasher tzibiticha. Which means, how should you slaughter? What's the right way to slaughter? Like I commanded you. Just in parentheses, not one I want to talk to you about. This is one of the greatest, if anybody ever asked you. So why do I need uh, the oral Torah? I just follow what's written. I don't, I don't learn the oral Torah. I don't read Mishnah, Gemara. I don't know that stuff. I know this is the five books of Moses, and that's what I learned. So, if you ever get such a comment, and there are people innocently, not in a negative, bad way, there are people innocently out of complete ignorance, that they don't know anything about our Torah Misinai, they don't understand. So they'll make such comments, and they'll say, oh, well, what, what, where is that written? Like someone once asked me, where is it written you can't put on lights on Shabbat? Show me where it's written. Good question. He had a whole dispute with his son the night before, and they were fighting about it. So they came to me. They didn't come to me to ask. They came because they were fighting. And they wanted to know who's right. God forbid they would come to ask. You know, could you tell us where it's written? That wasn't the way it was asked. There were two fighting, and they came to me to be the, uh, the, the, the judge. So the father was very strong. Where does it say? So I told him, you're asking a very good question. I told him, do you put on tefillin every day? Tell me, Rabbi, of course. Of course. I said, where does it say? He said, I'm sure it says it somewhere. <laughs> I said, you're right, it does say it somewhere. It says you should put totafot between your eyes. 
So, Mr. Stay, there you go. Thank you for your help. I said, could you explain the word totafot? I said, the Torah comes with a dictionary? Comes with pictures? So you know what the word totafot means? Did you ever imagine that the word totafot means a black box with parchment inside of different writings? Did you imagine there will be straps on that totafot? It says, put it on your hand. Where on your hand? Which part of your hand? The arm, the upper arm, the lower arm, on your fingers, on your... Where? Which hand? Does it say which hand? Doesn't it say? I told him, by the way, I told him, <clears throat> I said, do you love another Jew? Of course. So where does it say? So remember, I know, everyone knows that one. He knew that one. I said, could you tell me what that means? What are the parameters of such a mitzvah? What does it mean to love your friend like you love yourself? So for example, if you're going to buy a house, and you know he needs a house too. So you're supposed to buy him a house just like yours? Oh no, Rabbi, not like that. Of course, when it comes to money, it's never like that. So what does it mean? Torah says, love your friend like you love yourself. What does that mean? Exactly how do you follow that rule? If I'm going to buy shoes and I know he needs shoes, I got to buy him shoes too? Well, that's what I do for myself when I need shoes. I go buy them. I got to buy them too? Is that the parameters? Is that how it works? I asked this man, does he follow the laws of Kibbutz Abayim? He told me, of course, honoring parents, of course. I said, could you tell me what the rules are exactly? Let's say your father tells you he wants you to be a plumber. Very, very into it. He likes the plumbing business. But you don't want to be a plumber. I said, you have to follow your father? Is that kibbutz abba'em? Let's say your father tells you he wants you to marry a certain girl that you don't like. You have to follow your father? Kibbutz abba'em or not? He said, I don't know. I said, well, if you don't know the rules of kibbutz abba'em, what does the commandment help you if you know nothing about what, how to fulfill it? And if you, if, I didn't give him this example because I'd have to open a book for it, so I didn't bother. But probably the biggest example is the one I just read to you. Hashem says, listen, when you eat meat, I'll let you eat meat. Unlike in the desert, where you had to bring a sacrifice in order to eat meat. If you go to Eretz Israel, you could eat meat. But make sure, make sure, make sure you slaughter. The slaughtering is not just for sacrifice. The slaughtering is just to eat. How do you slaughter? How? Like I commanded you. Do you imagine? What does that mean, like I commanded you? How am I supposed to know how Hashem showed Moshe Rabbeinu how to slaughter? How would anyone be able to read this and understand something that he's telling him, do it like I commanded you? I wasn't there. You weren't there. Where do you slaughter from? The legs, the arms, the head, the brain? How would you know where? doesn't say anywhere. Bottom line, when you read the Torah, you realize the more you understand, the less you understand, the more ignorant you are. But the more you understand, you start to realize that there isn't one mitzvah in the entire Torah, not one, in the entire Torah that you would be able to understand just from reading the Torah. It's not one. Not, not one. They are. The principles are in the Torah. But the exact way of living life, you would never understand it. That is why the Torah Shabal Peh is an obvious companion to Torah Shabal You can know that just from reading the book. Certain books you pick up, you read them, and you understand everything. Those books were written for you to pick up and read and understand everything inside of them. 
They don't need an additional book to help you. It's clear from the book. But when you open up the Torah, it's clear from the Torah the way it's written that there's no way this Torah is given for us to open it up and to learn it on our own. There is no way. It had to be given with an oral explanation to tell us what those words mean, what that mitzvah entails. There is no way anyone could learn laws from the Torah Shebikhtav. Torah Shebikhtav, as I told you before, is like bullet points when a person wants to make a speech. So he writes bullet points. He can't sit there and read. So he puts bullet points. So it reminds him of the information. So you can have one bullet point that maybe has three pages of information. He needs the bullet points so he doesn't forget what to talk about. But the bullet points are not the information. They're just simanim. They're just signs so you can remember all the information. As I once told you, the Torah Shabal Peh, the oral Torah. Most people don't know this. Most people think of the oral, the oral Torah as the explanation that came to explain the written Torah. That's a mistake. The oral Torah was the Torah that was given to Am Yisrael at Har Sinai. We were not given the Torah, the separate Torah at Har Sinai. When Moshe Rabbeinu came down with the Torah, it was the oral Torah. There was no separate Torah. There was no written Torah until 40 years later, until Moshe Rabbeinu wrote it, right before he passed away. The oral Torah is the Torah. When you say, Bezot the Torah, right, that Moshe Rabbeinu gave us, that Torah is the Torah Shabal Pet. At the end of his life, he wrote it down. So in 40 years, when our, our nation became a nation with the Torah, we were learning the oral Torah. There was nothing written. The Torah Shebaal Peh was given to us first. The Torah Shebikhtab was given to us after as bullet points. So you always have to remember that the strength of Am Yisrael throughout our history has been the oral Torah, the learning of Mishnah, the learning of Gemara. That is what's keeping us strong and Hazak. There have been movements throughout history. There's always these movements, these little, you know, out of the box type of guys that come and want to change the mindset. You know, they want to just focus on Tanakh. Tanakh is great. Tanakh is the source, is the bullet points of everything. It's the Musad, it's the Halachot. But if you focus on Tanakh, you will lose the entire Torah. There's nothing, there's nothing in Tanakh that's going to help you. You need to learn Tanakh. Of course you have to learn Tanakh. But it's not, it can't be your limud. Our strength is the Torah Shabbat Peh. That's why a person has to learn Torah Shabbat Peh. That's the only way they strengthen themselves as a Jew in this world. For the reasons I gave and many more reasons. Now, that was all parentheses. What's surprising about this pasuk is that when Hashem allows us to eat meat without bringing a korban, look at the way He says to eat it. He says, Bechol avat nafshecha With your desire, Tochal basal Eat meat to fulfill your desire. That doesn't sound like a very holy pasuk. You know, the Torah teaches us to be in control of our desires. For the Torah to say, when you desire meat, just say, I'll let you eat the meat. Very simple. You desire meat, eat the meat. Tochal bazar. That would have been enough. But the Torah goes out of its way for no reason. And say, by the way, when you eat the meat, Eat it bechol avat nafshecha. Eat it with your full desire. Since when does a Jew eat meat with his full desire? What does that mean? 
You have a desire, it's kosher, eat it. Eat it with all your desire. What, what, what could the Torah be telling us? It contradicts a lot of things. Could you imagine the creator of the world talking to us? Guy says, Hashem, I have a desire for meat. I know I don't need it, but I have a desire. I have a tava for it. Hashem says, eat it and with, with all your desire. Unbelievable. What a hidush. What is the point of telling us to eat with our full desire? Rabbi I want you to listen to this. It is a game changer. But it's only a game changer for those who want to play the game. There are guys who come, they're not interested in the game, they just want to listen. Some are bored. Some want to check in with Hashem every once in a while. But they don't really uh, play to change the game. But if you play to change the game, if you came here to change your game, that's why you learn. This is a game changer. You know, in life, there are two sections of our needs. There's two categories of things that we need. They are the categories, there's one category, excuse me, of things that are in necessity. Necessity, bread, food is a necessity. There are other necessities in life. That's one category. And then there's a category of ta'avot. Ta'avot means things that you desire. You don't need them. They're not a necessity. But you like them. Two separate sections. There is eating. Eating is just an example. You could apply it to many more things. There's eating out of necessity. And there's eating out of tava, out of desires. The question is, how do we deal with these two sections of our lives to make our lives complete, enjoyable, and without pain. Don't think this is an easy subject. This is a big sugya right now, what I'm about to tell you. How do you manage these two sections of life in order to maximize your pleasure, happiness, and your putting away any unnecessary pain? You need to know how to deal with these two sections. If you get something confused, you're hurting yourself. You're not going to achieve what you're looking for in life. It says over here, in Parashat Beshalah, the Pasuk says, Ta'am Yisrael, as He's giving them meat in the desert. He says, Vayomer Moshe, Betet Adonai Lachem, when Hashem gives you Ba'erev in the evening, Basar Le'echol, meat to eat, Ve'lechem Baboker Lisboa. And when he gives you bread in the morning to satisfy you, says Rashi Alava Shalom. Why does it say by bread Lisboa to be satisfied, satiated? And it says by basar, by meat lechol. Again, 
by meat, it says, I'm giving you to eat. And by bread, it says, Lisboa, that you should be satisfied. Why did it change? Says Rashi, Allah, Shalom, Basar lechol, sova. Lo sova means don't eat meat out of hunger. Eat meat to eat meat. Limda Torah derech eretz. Says Rashi, Torah is teaching you the way of life to succeed. She'en ochlim basar lesova. You don't eat meat from hunger. What's going on here? What's going on here is like this. When you know what's necessary in life, and you know what's a bonus in life, and you keep them as the necessity and the bonus, you live a great life. So long as your necessity remains a necessity, and the bonus remains a bonus, your life will be very healthy, happy, you'll raise your children, they'll be healthy and they'll be happy and they'll enjoy this world. But the minute the bonus becomes a necessity, you've crossed the line of success in life. The moment your ta'ava, it's okay to have a ta'ava. It's okay to desire things. And it's okay sometimes to even have them. But they need to remain a ta'ava. They need to remain a desire. But once your ta'ava becomes the way you satiate yourself, means you become hungry and you need it to survive, it becomes your necessity. You have crossed the line of success in life. You're asking for pain. You're asking for frustration. You're giving your children very, very bad tools to live with in life. When you make their desires a necessity. That's why Hashem said clear. Torah is telling you. Basar le'echol. Eat meat. But lisboa. Lisboa means to satisfy your hunger. You should never be hungry for meat. You should be hungry for bread. Lechem baboker lisboa. To be satisfied from your hunger, you only need simple bread. That's all you need. When you eat basar, eat it. Enjoy it. But never eat it as a way of filling your hunger for meat. That's why the creator of the world says in our parasha, such a beautiful, such beautiful words. You could just, you could taste the honey of these words. Look at these beautiful words. Now we read what we read before. It lights up. Look what it says. He says, Ve'amarta. You're an Eretz Israel. You say, I want to eat meat. Why? Because you have a desire for meat. Says the Creator, Bechol avat tochal basar. When you eat meat, Always remember, it's a luxury. When you eat meat, always remember, I don't need this. But thank God, I'm able to enjoy it. Eat it as a ta'ava, but don't eat it as a hunger. And don't let it become that way. This is a life direction, not only in meat. In everything that we do in life. They are the two sections, whether it's in homes, whether it's on vacations, whether it's 
the way you spend money in any area, no matter what. There are two areas. And guess what? When you cross the line, you bring a lot of pain. And we see it every day with our eyes. We see how many people have been destroyed because they're starving for things they don't need. You look at a person, he has everything he needs. He doesn't need anything. You look at him and say, you have everything. But the guy is feeling like two cents. A guy feels completely starving of life's pleasures and enjoyment. And you look at it, what are you starving for? What's the problem? What are you lacking? But that's what happens when you cross the line. When you start eat meat lisboa, says the Torah, you cross the line of simha and accomplishment and all the terrible curses that will come as a result. Especially when you raise your children, you're not only responsible for yourself, you're responsible for your children. When you raise your children, that only a certain type of car satisfies the need to drive, you're destroying them. A car is meant to satisfy your need to get places. And that's how it needs to remain. And if you have something nicer, more comfortable, enjoy it as more comfortable. That's the way you talk, that's the way you act, and that's the way you live. You will be giving your family and yourselves a wealth of life. Unbelievable. I can't get over how beautiful this is. Eat meat. Enjoy the extras, but make sure they remain extras. Don't cross that line. Why does Hashem encourage us to have extras? Why doesn't he say, you know, this is too dangerous. Don't, uh, don't eat meat. Because if you start eating meat, you may start to jump into the other section and you might hurt yourself. You know what? Don't eat meat. Don't, don't put yourself in that predicament. This way you say, why did Hashem say, Gad, eat meat? Why is he not worried? Why is he not worried that we're going to cross over? Shouldn't he help us? Shouldn't he say you're going to the danger zone? Don't do it. Don't get involved with things that are on the other side of the fence. You're in the need section, stay there. Don't go there. Why doesn't Hashem just make a fence for us? And say, don't do it. Why is he going out saying, go ahead, enjoy, eat. You know why? Next pasuk says why. Pasuk says, Vezabahta. Because eating meat will give you the opportunity to do a mitzvah. Which mitzvah? Shehita. Shehita is a mitzvah. Before they slaughter an animal, they make a beracha. Asher kiddeshanu be shehita. There is a mitzvah that's connected to your eating meat. So it's true, you're eating it out of desire. It's true. But that desire can be directed to do a mitzvah with it. Which means Hashem here is talking to us even in more detail. He's not just telling you, keep your desire in the desire fence. He's telling you how to do it. How do you keep? It's very easy to talk, especially if you have no money. Guy like me has no money, so it's very easy. I tell you guys, listen, if you have extras, keep them as extras. But a guy who doesn't have extras, it's fine. But for the person who can afford the extras, 
So how do I tell that guy, listen, make sure you stay in the boundary. Don't skip to the other side. Sounds very nice in theory. But practically speaking, it has very, very little relevance. Because how are you going to be able to watch yourself and not crossing the line? Not so simple. Well, the Torah here gives us how to do it. You want to know how to do it? When you come to eat, think about a purpose of good that could come from that eating. What positive purpose can you take from the extra ta'ava that you're about to be involved with? Which means, don't do ta'ava just for ta'ava. Don't do desire just for desire. You can eat for desire. But find a holy purpose. For example, you're going to have a barbecue. Or a barbecue. Great. Take a moment to find something holy to bring out of that barbecue. Maybe you'll bring your family together. That itself is a great thing. Make sure when you eat, you say berachot. Say berachot. Use the extra desire of meat to give extra blessings to Hashem. Make your berachot. Make them nice and beautiful and appreciative. That's called using your desire. Yes, I have a desire. And Hashem says, take your desire. But find a mitzvah to connect through that desire. It doesn't mean that was your main goal. This guy's main goal is not to slaughter. This guy's main goal is to eat. And Hashem says, but while you're eating... Find a holy connection that will come out of your desire. If you find a holy connection and a holy purpose, this will protect you to leave your desires in the box of desires and that it won't go into the other section. What an unbelievable piece of advice. Hashem says, listen, when you desire something and it's kosher, I'm not taking it away from you. But make sure to find a purpose of kedushah in that desire. You don't need such a big home, but you want one. Okay, so you know what? Maybe in this home you'll make a section for Talmideh HaChamim to live in your home when they're visiting from Eretz Israel. You don't need a big house, but I like a big house, and I can afford a big house. Okay, so find a holy purpose in the size of that house. Don't just take it all for yourself. If you find a holy purpose, the house will be enjoyable. It won't hurt you. And the same goes with every extra that we have in life. When you have an extra Torah says it's kosher, take it, but connect a holy purpose to it and you will be living life with the right boundaries and you will maximize your pleasure in this world. But there's very few bad things you could do in your life than crossing that line. How many families, how many children have been destroyed because they were given the wrong boundaries. They were given something extra that became their needs. And they're not recovered from it. Be careful. Words of wisdom from the Torah. Such, these are such powerful words. These words need to go and be thought about, contemplated and put into practice ASAP. 
ASAP. And by the way, by the way, in today's world, you don't have to be very wealthy to struggle with this. Today, even the simplest person is considered living a life of tava. Desires have become available for even the simple person. So every person needs to figure out how to take these words and apply them into their life. Now, Rabotai, connected to this idea, we'll go back to the first pasuk in the parasha. Re'eh. Notice something that most probably wouldn't notice when they're reading it. But notice and see how it shoots out at you when you read it. Moshe Rabbeinu tells Am Yisrael, Re'eh. Re'eh means open your eyes. Some people in life, their eyes don't see the right things. Their eyes are open, but they don't see correctly. You know, there was a uh, story about a king who built a magnificent city of skyscrapers. Gorgeous. And one day, in this very, very busy city, a guy looks up. He sees the buildings are starting to fall. They're tilting. He starts to yell and scream. Run! The buildings are falling! Guy hears him, sees him running, he follows him. Two guys become four, four becomes six, six becomes 18. Before you know it, the whole the stampede, people running, the building, the falling, they're screaming. One man is watching this. He gets onto the mic. He says, guys, we need a doctor here, ASAP. What? We need a doctor here, ASAP, any doctors? Guys, Majnun, the buildings are falling. What do you need a doctor for now? He brings a doctor, he says, come here. See, the guy in the front was, was screaming. Could you check him out? Stops him, pulls him over. Takes his glasses. They have all yogurt on them. With all the, with the glasses, it looked from the shades that the buildings are falling. Don't take off, clean your glasses. Oh, it looks like, oh wow, nothing's falling. Everything's great. Now, I, I apologize for this silly mashal, but do you know how real this mashal is? It's the whole world of people scared of the buildings that are falling. They look at the world and they're all over. They're, they're upset about this. They're mad about that. They're anxious about this. They're afraid of this. They don't know what's happening with that. So you think you got to fix everything around them. You got to fix their glasses. You need a doctor. If you fix your eyes, you see everything different. The building you throw is falling on you is actually there for you. But with, mis with cross eyes or dirty glasses, you see all the wrong things. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, Open your eyes, clean them, look good. Don't walk around just following the herd and assuming whatever they assume. Because most people in the world are walking around without good vision. They don't see. They're running for things that aren't good for them. Re'eh, says Moshe Rabbeinu, open your eyes. Anochi noten lifnechem hayom. He says, today I am putting before you a choice. Beracha kelala. 
Rabotai, there are only two choices of life. There's a life of blessing and there's a life of a curse. There isn't anything in between. You can either be blessed and live a blessing or you can live a curse. Two options. Beracha kelala. Says Moshe Rabbeinu, Alava Shalom, Re'eh, open your eyes. There are two roads to life. There's a road of blessing and a road of curse. A road of Gan Eden or a road of pain. Where, where, where is this? Eta Beracha, Asher Tishme'u. He said, the beracha is that you will listen to the mitzvot of Hashem. Asher anochi metzavet chemayom. The beracha is asher tishmeun. Ve'akelala, and the curse comes im lo tishmeu, if you don't pay attention. He's basically saying in simple English, before I go into it, he's saying... That when Hashem tells you to live life a certain way, when you see Hashem say, don't do this, do this, He's coming to put you in the world of Berachat. And if you don't pay attention, you're going to end up in the world of Kelalat. But you need to open your eyes. By the way, not so hard. If you open your eyes to understand, when you live in an environment of Torah and mitzvot, it's a whole different environment. Your kids are totally different. The way they honor their parents, the way they ask advice of their parents, that's what a Torah environment raises. A society where people don't talk about each other. And people put each other ahead of themselves. But they give kavod to the other. A society where there's no lashon hara. There's no defamation of character. A society where you don't have to look behind your back to see who's about to stab you next. A society where you stay calm despite some difficulties. Despite a comment that somebody makes. Despite someone does something and you start getting angry. Hashem says, don't do that. Don't get angry. There's rules of how to live life. There's Shabbat and all of its parts. You live Shabbat with all of its parts. You have a beracha in your life. What, what do some tipshim do? They say, come on, too much. Too much blessing. Too much berachat. I can't, I can't do this Shabbat. I'm going to keep it 30%. I'm going to give 50%. That's it. I can't. Can't do too much. Because from the outside looking in, I always tell you, from the outside looking in, every mitzvah looks like a kelalan. From the outside looking in, Hashem made mitzvot look like a curse. You describe Shabbat to a non-Shomer Shabbat who never kept Shabbat. He thinks you're putting him in solitary confinement. I can't move. I can't do. I can't talk. I can't. You know, on Shabbat, there's restrictions of movement. There's restrictions of speech. There's restrictions of time. And more. Solitary confinement. I'm not doing this. What kind of curse is that to keep Shabbat? And when you tell him, oh, you're not allowed to do this. Looks like you're taking the beracha from him. I can't do that. Oh, I can't go here. Oh, I can't look at that. Why are you taking away my blessing? When you look from the outside in, the mitzvot look like curses. And, the, and when Hashem tells you don't do something, looks like he's taking away your pleasure. Says Moshe Rabbeinu, I want you to look. Not from the outside in. I want you to look at the person in. I want you to see, look what a family looks like when they 
follow the rules of the Torah. I one time had, I'm sure it's not a one time experience, but this is the one time I remember that a person actually came and told me. There was a certain man in the community. Today already passed on. He was very, we'll call him, not so attached to religion. Very, we'll call him anti, but there's no anti really. He just grew up a certain way and he understood only one way. And he had a bunch of kids and they all followed his way. Except one of his kids went off the derech and he became a fully observant Jew. And the father gave him gainam. You have no idea what this father did. Gainam was not an easy road. For years and years and years. This boy raised his family, has his children. This older man, a few years before he passed away, saw me in shul, pulled me over. So I want to tell you something. He said, I have a lot of grandchildren. He says, but the one that I appreciate and love most, would you believe? Would you believe is from this boy. His children, I love the most, I appreciate the most. This is what a man told me. I'm sure it's not a one-time thing, but I'm telling what happened to me. I remember I, I lived it. I lived through it. You can't look from the outside in. From the outside in, nothing spiritual looks good. Hashem made it on purpose. So that you have free choice. If it looked good, who wouldn't do it? But you have to look from the inside. Which means you have to look post. You have to see what a child looks like when he's raised with Torah and mitzvot. You have to see what a child looks like when he's raised with Shabbat as an absolute day of rest. You have to see what a child looks like when he knows that Torah guides him. When he knows he's never confused in life. He never has a question that can't be answered. He always knows someone to answer. Yesterday I met with somebody and I, they wanted to help with something about one of their cousins. So I said, tell me, is there anybody in the world that that young man respects? Answer is, not that they could think of. How are you supposed to live life and there's not one person you could ask advice from. That's what a child of Torah grows up with. Sometimes, on my own table, sometimes a kid will ask the question. And sometimes I know the answer. I say, you know what? I'm not so sure. I'm going to ask the rabbi tomorrow. That is more worthwhile than the answer. That they heard their father say, I got to ask the rabbi. I don't know. And that's the rabbi. It's a good question. Great question. Re'eh means look inside. Don't look from the outside. From the outside, it's scary. But the inside, the results you see are beautiful, gorgeous. Rabbi listen to these words. Notice, by the kelala, Hashem says, a curse. Curse doesn't mean Hashem's going to curse you. That's not what it means. It means when you make the wrong decisions, you can end up being in a curse. Ve'had kelala. When will that come to you? Listen to this. Ve'had kelala. Im lo tishme'u. Pay attention to those words. Im means, im. If you don't listen, if you don't follow what I'm telling you, you go, you're walking into a kelala. You're walking into a curse. If you don't listen. If you don't listen. But by the Biracha, look what it says. Eta Biracha, Asher Tishmeu. What should it have said? It should say, Eta Biracha will come to you in Tishmeu. If you listen, you get a Biracha. Just like when you said by Kilala. If you don't listen, you get a Kilala. Say, if you listen, you get a Biracha. But by the Biracha, it doesn't say the Biracha, if you listen. How come? That's really what it means. But how come Hashem changed the word from im to asher? Says Rashi, Allah va shalom. Amazing. It's such words. Eta beracha 
Al menat asher As she's telling you that Pasuk is hinting to something. It's not just telling you you'll get a biracha if you listen. That's for sure. But al menat, you know why Hashem gives you biracha? In order that you should be able to listen. Which means, why does Hashem give us Berachot? Because with Berachot, you could listen better. With Berachot, you could learn more. With health, with money, with Parnassah, you're able to do more mitzvot. Hashem says, I give you a Berachot if you listen, but don't think the Berachot is the end all. The beracha is in order. Asher tishmeu. Which means that when we get up and say, Hashem, give me money. The worst thing you could do is say, Hashem, give me money for me. That's no good. That's not a reason to give you beracha. Beracha doesn't come to give you money for you. The real beracha is when the money that you get is asher tishmeu. When you pray to Hashem for money, you say, what are you going to do with it? Give me this so I can do more. Give me health so I can learn more. Give me this so I can listen better. I want to do more. I want to be able to accomplish more. But I need health. I need money. I need all the things around me to go well so I could do more. If you just pray for the beracha, you see from this pasuk, it's empty. The beracha in itself is empty. The beracha is only given to you for one reason, so you could be better. So if you're not including that I'm going to want more in my life in your prayer, so you're praying for something that's not worth anything. Whenever you pray for something that you need in your life, make sure you translate it into how it's going to help you, Tishmeu. How is it going to help you be a better, more complete person? This is a true beracha when it's being used to help you upgrade your life in every way. Have a wonderful day. Shabbat.